Well, welcome to church. You may take a seat. Say hello to somebody you haven't said hello to yet. And we have one or two things that we'd like to handle before we get on with the message. Where's this thing gone? Here it is. And um, I'm going to share some news with you, some church news. And, and then we're going to get right into the message. So Matthew, don't go too far. I wanted to share some news about our, our, our mate Matthew over there. He's going to hand his guitar over. Matthew, come stand here. Thank you for leading us in worship, Matthew. Thank you so much. <clears throat> this is Matt. Um, so to, this morning was Matt's last time leading worship with us. Oh, no. Uh, a few months ago, Matt has uh, t- taken up the opportunity to be the youth pastor at Warmer Methodist Church. So this is our farewell prayer to Matt from the worship department, from youth department. Uh, worship, uh, I think we've got a strong team and we've got some plans there. I'll be leading some worship uh, again. I can't wait. And, um, and then Figo will be running youth, which Matt's been training Figo to, to handle youth for the, for the last few months. He's on staff just for that. They're going to go on camp, and we're going to have some camp parents going with, some of the leaders in our church going with your youth to camp as well. And we look forward to, to next year together as a church. We also look forward, Matt, to your next year uh, in your new space, in your new season with your wife. And um, Matt's going to be the youth pastor there at Warmer Meth. They're really blessed, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're very blessed. And we want to take this moment... Uh, we want to take this moment to acknowledge seven fruitful years of Matt being on staff, of Matt smiling, no task is too hard. Matt's always up for the task. He's always there first. He always leaves last. And he's got a great heart for God, great heart for people, great heart for worship. So um, the impact you've had, Matt's great. Matt started as an internship, actually, here at Father's House. Well, the interns, he went into a two-year apprenticeship. We thought it might be one year, but uh, two-year apprenticeship, mostly in youth and kids' church. So some of the kids that were back there are now youth, actually, in, in Matt's youth and Figo's youth. So Matt's going to go into the next season. We're very excited for him. Very sad to see him go. Um, but blessed to be part of Kingdom Family with you, Matt. And we know that you're not going to be scarce. Not going to be scarce, Moss. You know? <laughs> so and we won't be scarce either. You know, we're going to stay family. It's the family of God. So what I wanted to do this morning is send Matt off. And, and Mike is going to join us. We lay hands on Matt. And actually, uh, trust in God for his next season to be a real next miracle season, a powerful season in the life of his ministry, a powerful season for everybody who encounters him. So is that okay? We're going to pray over Matt, rejoice over Matt and his next season. So would you stretch out a hand? If you're comfortable to do so, you're going to stretch out a hand and, and pray over him. Yes, Lord. What a privilege it is to be co-laborers together with you that we know that it doesn't matter where we find ourselves geographically, we are brothers and sisters under the same banner of Jesus Christ. Thank you for Matt's awesome service in this body, in this particular home, in this place, for the songs led, for the wisdom given, for the encouragement shown, for the dedication, for the perseverance. And now, Lord, we pray that you would go ahead of him It's so wonderful to know, Lord, that you are ahead of him in three ways. You go before him in time. You go before him on the road in practicalities. You are clearing the way for him and Lana. You also went before him and go before him before the Father, Jesus. You go before him and you make intercessions for him. Would that be his comfort and his guide, that you are strengthening him? You are praying for him. 
He is not alone. So, Father, thank you for a bright and beautiful future. We pray for wisdom for every new decision that has to be made. We pray that you would permeate his life with your presence, that he would make a home in your presence, that he would dwell with you day in, day out. And where he goes, blessing goes. We give you thanks for his time at this house again, Lord, Father. And we, we give you thanks for the youth and for the worship team that she has stewarded and shepherded so well. And we pray that you would take him and us from strength to strength, glory to glory, for the sake of the kingdom of God advancing on this earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Love you, Matt. Bit of a surprise. Matt, we love you. <clears throat> Don't go. Um, in, in other news as well, for those of you who know, Kieran at the back, I'm going to embarrass you. Uh, Kieran's also taken up a, a new opportunity next year. We're going to pray for him as a staff afterwards. We're going to embarrass him. He's going to work for Stage Audio Works in Joburg. Uh, he's been our, our sound engineer and production uh, engineer for the last few years. And really excited for him. And, and Curtis will be joining us on full-time staff, who's in the back. So we have a full-time saxophonist in church now. <laughs> so so um, really exciting moves that's happening for you guys. Really excited for next year for you and for this church. Amen. Okay, who here is familyed out by now? <laughs> Sandy, you can't say this family's sitting right next to you. I talk about the greatest, um, Pastor Andrew and Heidi, a very big welcome to you, your pastors from a different town. Thank you for joining us today. Would you give them a warm welcome? Um, Andrew is Pastor Brian's son and pastors the church as well, and we wanted to just uh, commend you. We have so much respect for you, even though we might not know you, because of the respect we have for your parents. So thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we hope that it's a blessing. So... My prayer for you today is that you would not only realize that we made the devil really mad this year, <laughs> but that you would know what to do before you make your next move. So there are four essential, important things every believer has to have in place before you make a big decision. And I want to talk about them today. And talk about moves, uh, because I asked if you're family out or not. Uh, how many of you play board games over like December time with your family? Like, sort of, I see some people at the back there. Some people. How many of you know that playing a board game is not a good idea with your family? Okay. Uh, people here who have played 30 seconds, right? Ooh. I, I looked on the web for a definition of the game, 30 seconds. Here it is. 30 seconds web definition. 30 seconds is a charades-like, fast-paced, general knowledge board game created by Kali Estreza and first published in South Africa in 1998, for those of you that don't know. The game is played with two or more teams of at least two players. And I thought, yeah, okay, that's a fair, okay description. But then I wrote my own definition of the game of 30 seconds. Here it is. 30 seconds. 30 seconds is an evil game in which family members and friends become mortal enemies, even if they're on the same team. <laughs> the game can be heard from far and wide as every 30 seconds you hear people shout, Time! Time! Time's up! No, no, you didn't get that last answer in. Time! Uh, with Charissa's family, we used to play this on New Year's Eve and Christmas Eve. 
Boys versus girls. And it, ne- it didn't ever end well, really. The girls won most of the time, I guess. No, they didn't. Okay. Oh, you did. I thought you were shaking your head. Well, well maybe in some ways, uh, our life requires for us to know how to make some moves. Some of you had to make some moves this year, right? You had to decide job, a family thing, a home, a career thing, even which country to live in. And this year has been quite significant for a few of you. You know, some of you have changed job, changed city. Some of you uh, have had to say goodbye, and us included here, we had to say goodbye to family and loved ones as they head off to Australia or head off to the States or to somewhere else to see great work opportunity and futures there. Those are big decisions. There have also been some big moments this year, right? I think of the Kanemeyer family, of Dexter and Blake's mom losing somebody in such a tragic way. We're thinking about you guys and we're praying for you so much. And it was such a tragedy. Uh, we, are, we are happy to host them this, uh, this coming Friday for their mother's service as well. So our hearts go out to them and our hearts go out to you who maybe have said goodbye to loved ones or who've had certain things in your life uh, that you had to overcome. But we are here giving thanks to God uh, for this year. Amen? So, I wanted to have a look at how a believer has to make their next move before you make your next move. Well, the characteristic sort of mood or energy uh, at the last day of the year, like we are today, is to have a look at the future. And ahead of us is like an empty diary. Some of you, maybe your diary is already full. If your kids are in primary school or high school, your diary is already full, right? So... um, we look to the future, right? And uh, amateur prophets make predictions. They say, this will be the year when you'll be this or pregnant or something like that. I call that fortune telling. It's not real uh, prophecy. And then some people, you know, horoscopes, they're, they're awash everywhere now. This is going to be the year of this. And there are articles in magazines and newspapers and on blogs and Facebook about the economic outlook. What will the vote turn out like the next year? You should vote, by the way. Amen. So yeah, there are all these things that stare us in the face for next year. And there are probabilities, social changes are expected. With all this, no one can avoid just the personal question that you might be asking. What will it bring for me? What waits to be recorded in the diaries of the pages of 2024? You'll need to make some decisions again. Career decisions, family decisions. I know some of you personally, you have to make some health decisions, diet decisions. Um, That's me, basically. I did a wedding yesterday, and I said to them, it's the best time of the year to do a wedding, because nobody eats a second helping of trifle, because you have a wedding to go to. (laughs) So you have spiritual decisions to make next year. How to lead your family. Will you pray? Will you step into some spiritual opportunities? You have some housing decisions, maybe. Some financial decisions to make. And we have anxieties and hopes about them all. And I wanted you to hear these four important things. What to do before you make your next move. If you want God confidence in your moves as a believer, you need to always stay in the confines of these four things. The first one's going to be quite lengthy. 
but it sort of wraps up the other three. I'd like to talk to you about your house. Let's take a step through the front door and let's do a bit of an inspection. Inspection time. Are there any leaks? My gutters are so leaky. Basically, they're not even there (laughs) after all the rain we had in June, July. Are the foundations good? Are there any cracks? Are your kitchen cupboards full? Is your fridge clean (laughs) after all? A clean fridge. Do you have good books in your study or next to your bed, on your shelves? But now I'm not actually talking about your house house, your physical house. I wanted to talk to you today not about the house of stones and bricks or wood, but your invisible house, the one of your thoughts your truths, your convictions, your hopes, and your dreams. I'm talking today to you about your spiritual house. We sang the song, Father's House. There are many rooms in our Father's house. Prodigals come home. Amen? I want to talk to you about the house of God. You have one. And it's not a physical place. Just as a physical house exists to care for a body... You have a spiritual house that exists to care for your soul, for the well-being of your thoughts and your emotions and your will, your decisions and your dreams. Well, chances are that you haven't really given this much thought. You're not as intentional as like, I'm going to paint that wall this color. I'm going to build a veranda over there. I want to put in a pool. I want to... We're not as intentional about our spiritual homes as we are about our physical ones, yet The one is greater than the other. We create beautiful houses, and we should. We should definitely create beautiful homes. But our souls often are relegated to living in like a a beach tent or a Bedouin tent. The rain and the wind gets in, sand gets in, and we wonder why hearts are so cold out there nowadays. It doesn't have to be like that. We don't have to live outside Or be like spiritual nomads. It's not God's plan for us to have our heart roam in tents. God wants you to move in with him. Out of the cold and live with him. Under his roof, there is a lot of space available. At his table, there is a place set for you. There is a wing-back chair by the fireplace where you can warm up just for you. Take up residence in his house. He's inviting you to do this. And why does he want to share his house with you in the first place? It's simple, because he is your father. He is your father. You were intended to live in your father's house. Any place than this, I would say, is insufficient for your soul and to care for it adequately. Any place from God's house for you, I would say, is a dangerous place. Only the home built for your heart can protect your heart. And your Father wants you to dwell in Him. I'm going to explain that a little bit, but let's look at Acts 17, 28. It says this, For in Him we live and we move. And we have 
our being. So before you make your next big move next year, the first thing you need to make sure of as a believer is that you have moved in with God. Have you moved in with God? Some of you say, yeah, Vince, I've moved in. But now I want to ask you, come, move it all in with God. Move in your hopes. Move in your fears. Not just a toothbrush and a backpack for the weekend. Not just a hiking bag. Not just a December trip. Not just a quick visit on a Sunday. Not just a sock drawer and a toothbrush. Move it all in. Move in your bank account. Move in the whole lot into the house of God. And seek him to live in his presence. You see, the day, David, he actually, he actually pinpointed the one thing he would like. And he used this language. He said, I'm asking God, in Psalm 27 in the message, it says, I'm asking God for one thing, one thing only, to live with him in his house my whole life long. I'll contemplate his beauty and I'll study at his feet. That's, um, that's the only secure place in a noisy world. The perfect getaway from the buzz of traffic. God holds me, head and shoulders above all who try to pull me down. I'm headed for his place to offer anthems that will raise the roof. I'm already singing God songs. I'm making music to God. Now is David talking about a physical house here? No. What is the house of God that David is seeking here? He's not describing the temple. Does he long to stay in the four walls of a place where there's a door you can enter in and never exit? Is he longing to be away from people? No. Acts also says that our Lord does not live in temples built by human hands. And David in Psalm 23 says, Surely goodness and mercy, we sang it, right, will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will live in his house forever. He's not saying, I want to get away from all you family people. <laughs> He's not saying that. He yearns to be in God's presence wherever he is. In the wilderness, in his palace, outside, inside at work, at soccer practice, on a Thursday, in your car, David longs to be in God's house. He longs to move it all in to his house. And I know what you're thinking, Vince, that's David. David was like a prince, anointed, giant, slaying, song singing guy. I have to change nappies and pay bills. I don't have a kingdom with riches and a thousand wives. You know, <laughs> he didn't have to do all that stuff. I'm stuck in the real world here, Vince. How do I live and move and have my being in God's presence and in his house? You're not really only stuck in the real world. You're just one step away from being in the house of God, wherever you are, whatever time it is, in the office on a Thursday, jogging on a Saturday, you're only a decision away from the presence of your Father. You need, you, need to, you need never leave the house of God. You don't have to change your postal code or your neighborhood or your house or your job because you can be stuck in traffic and step 
into the Father's chapel. Turn on the worship and enter the chapel. You could be going through temptation and difficulty. And if you're in the house of God, you have the dependable walls of salvation, strong and secure. He will not let your foot slip. Depend on the solid walls around you, the house of God. When people at work belittle you or give you a difficult time, go have a seat on the stoop with God and have a chat and he'll comfort you. Remember, this is not a house of stone. You don't need a map to find it and you can't find it on property 24. (laughs) You'll find it here. Move in with God. And the key is his word. John 1.14 says this. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness and we have seen his glory. The glory of the Father's one and only Son. If you're in Christ, you've already found your true and eternal dwelling place. It is the best and final resting place of all. Another job, maybe better for you. Yes. Use your skills better. Amen. Another city might be better for your family. Another church might be better for your skills and for your capabilities and for your gifting. But no new job, no new church, no new city can give you anything better than the God who is already yours. He is already yours. You might still decide to make a big move. Go for it. And you will do so like Abraham left, and like Peter left Capernaum, and like Paul had to leave Antioch. But they were not searching for contentment in the move. They were already satisfied being in the house of God. The last part of this point of move in with God before you make a big decision or a big move is to consider the woman at the well that Jesus encountered in John 4. Now, you, some of you know the story. She had had five, five husbands, and she was on the sixth husband right now, and she was just going into, into get water when nobody else was there. And Jesus has a conversation with her. And I wanted to highlight... And note that one of the evidences of not drinking deeply from Jesus and being in his home is that there'll be an instability and a constant moving from one thing to the next, seeking to fill some void within you. And those who don't have a well of living water within will seek some water on the outside, And when that spring of the job or the relationship or the hobby dries up, we wander about and go to the next relationship, the next job, the next town, the next house, the next hobby, or the next car. But for those of us who have drunk deeply from the well of living water in the home of God, who live where they are with God, are free to stay anywhere in any circumstance, and be satisfied in Jesus Christ alone. That is the definition of true spiritual freedom. Whether I have a lot, or I'm living in the place I'd like, or driving the thing I'd like, or I'm with the the person I'd like to be, none of those things can fill the void. Only Christ Jesus can fill in our lives. Seek Him with all of your heart. Do not let go.
Seek Him in worship. Seek Him in the Word. Before you make any big move, be sure that you've moved in heart and soul, all your bags, all your cupboards, including your toothbrush, and let you find yourself scrubbed by God in the bathroom <laughs> when you feel dirty from sin. It'll make you a meal of His Word. When you feel lost and broken, let Him comfort you in the lounge and be satisfied in the house of God forever. Before you need to make your next move in 2024, move everything in with God. I wanted to ask for a moment for us to pause. You will have decisions to make next year. Maybe you've moved in bits and pieces. Maybe you've moved in only on a Sunday, but on a Monday you feel like you have to move out because your job requires you to use bad language. <laughs> I know that some of you write, or there are frustrations, and you just feel like you're outside of the presence of God when you're not in a small group or at least in church in worship for an hour. That is, you know, you are not the qualifier for God to want to dwell with you. Christ was the qualifier for God's dwelling with you. It's not, yeah. It's not by your performance. And you can't undo it by your falling. He holds you securely in his hands. Here's the second thing you need to do. Now the next three are going to go quick. I know it's 10 o'clock. Okay, watching the clock here. It says I've got... It says I've got 50 minutes left. Is that okay? No. <laughs> we have a service this evening. You should come. 10.30, Buri Rolls. We're going to worship our way into the new year. It's going to be great. Secondly, you have to make sure of your assignment. Before you make a big move, be sure of your assignment. You might like your job. You're going to ask, am I still happy in this home or in this town or in this neighborhood? Is this church still a good fit for me? You're going to ask all those things. Alongside all these important questions, though, Paul points out that we are in a specific situation as God would currently have it. 1 Corinthians 17, 7 says, 7, 17 says this, Nevertheless, each person, person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them just as God has called them. You are who you are and where you are, not by chance, but by the Lord's assignment and calling for you. If we are sure of our assignment, God will plant us where we are, make us fruitful where we are, and then he might also open pathways elsewhere. I'm not against people changing or moving. That's what I'm saying today. But I'm here to encourage you to have a sense of God putting you in a place for a reason and for an assignment. Where you are, you have a very significant role to play. You have a role to play in the church where God puts you. Consider that. You have a role to play in the family in which God has put you. Consider it. Consider the role and the task or assignment God has given you in the career or in the workplace God has put you. You see, God gives his children an identity, children of God, sons and daughters, so that we might have a sense of value. But God gives his children assignments, callings, gifts, and abilities so that we might know our purpose 
So we don't wander around aimlessly in life from one place to the next saying, I'm a child of God, but I don't really know what I'm here for. (laughs) To do. Let's not wander around through life. Let's make sure of our assignments before we make the next big move. When I was an engineer, I I built this particular moment... Uh, was so profound. I was sitting in my office. I had an office in Kucha, right next to the container booth there. We were building some roads and a few other things there. I, was, I loved the construction industry. And I found myself time and time again sitting with somebody who worked in my team and giving counsel, praying, and laying hands on them and, as they go through marital problems or issues. And encouraging them, strengthening their hand in God, assuring them of victory. And I had to pause one day thinking, this is strange. I seem to do this, doesn't matter what my job is. I seem to do it when I was a student. And I seem to do it when I was just a youngster in school. I seem to do it when I was an engineer. I seem to do it when I was a musician. Traveling around, trying to make music for a living while being an engineer. What a crazy idea. Going to churches and to different places. And all I was looking for was an opportunity to talk to somebody. Hi, how are you? Are you okay? You know, uh, encourage you, strengthen your hand in the Lord. Find out what your story is and give you hope in it. And it was a profound moment because I realized my assignment's not a bit to be an engineer or a musician or a pastor It's to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ and the hope we have in Him, regardless of job or circumstance. It's to love one another as Jesus has loved me. Make sure of your assignment before you make the next move. Because God has given you a task. There where you were. There where you are. Do not move to the next without completing the assignment. Finish what you started. You know, it was a greater assignment for me than to be an engineer or any of those. So maybe your assignment is to encourage a colleague, pray for your wife, lead a friend to Jesus. As terrifying as it might be for you, go find out how to do it. Come ask one of us. How do I lead my friend to Jesus? Vince, invite him to church. Have you figured out what it is yet? You have an assignment in your marriage Do you know that? It's not just to be a husband and to live in the same house. You've got an assignment. You've got an assignment as a parent. I'll tell you what it is. It's to disciple your children. Uh, I heard somebody the other day say that one of the teachers had a profound impact on their child, and their child now is doing quiet time every day. And I thought, that's amazing. We need more teachers like that. But also, parents, do that. Teach your children to have a quiet time with God. You have an assignment. Maybe your assignment is while you're all familyed out, is maybe to reconcile with a family member. You are on assignment. You see, our assignment gives us a sense of purpose. And our identity in Christ gives us a sense of value. But I don't want to just be a sparkly ring. I want to be functional and do something for the kingdom of God. Don't miss your assignment before you make your next big move. And if you're making a big move, know what the assignment is there for you as a believer. Thirdly, make the most of your present situation. 
One of the four principles that have to wall us in before we make a decision is to make sure you have made the most of the present. Listen to Matthew 13. It says this. He told him another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that birds can come and perch in its branches. Believers, we have to see things differently. The new you can have is now. Sometimes we look for the new in the future. But you can have a new marriage now, not with a different person. With the same person. That seed can become a tree. Think about all the instances in Scripture. There's this beautiful vision in the book of Daniel where a rock is carved out of a mountain and smashes all the other kingdoms. It's it's an image of Jesus, right? A rock smashing all the other kingdoms and grows into a mountain that fills the whole earth. Who would have thought 12 boys who are fishermen and stubborn people would start a movement that has filled this room today, somewhere in the Eastern Cape? where there were no people 2,000 years ago. Who would have thought that that new can come from that now? Who would have thought? You can feel differently about your current job, your current work, your current home. The new is now. Believers, we have to see it differently. Don't change your situation until you've moved in with God, number one, until you've made sure of your assignment and until you've considered the things to see things differently, making the most of where God has put you and who God has put you with. I shared a story with you a few weeks ago about a friend of mine called Louis. And Louis said to me, Vincent, love is a decision. And lots of you came to me and said, what happened at the end of the story? You didn't say the whole story. I'm so sorry. I'll finish it today. What happened is I made the decision to love the engineering environment. And you know what happened? I loved it. (laughs) It was amazing. It was so fruitful because I wanted to see it differently. Who, if not us, church, will look upon a mustard seed in our present circumstances and see coming glory in it? No one else in this world will recognize a small stone could become a future mountain. Only believers can have that lens through the Holy Spirit. The humblest of faith can, can transfigure and transform the future world, turning tumbleweeds into trees. You see, lasting fruit comes from lasting presence. If you want lasting fruit in your life, Last somewhere. Last somewhere. Not only last in your marriage and your friendships. Last somewhere. I had a dream, and this is where I realized, sorry, I'm going to share a weird dream with you. It's where I realized I had to preach this message today. Uh, I had a dream. I had a dream that I went back to my. I went back to my director uh, for my previous job. He doesn't even work anymore. He's retired long ago, and then. He showed me what he would pay me, and I thought, that's not enough. But he said, yeah, we're just scared you're going to leave us again. <laughs> so this is just in the meantime. And I woke up and I thought, oh, we should stick around. Christians 
should make bold moves. Yes, go to Antioch, go to places, but be on assignment. I had an assignment to complete. I had an assignment to complete in my old work, and I want an assignment to complete in every area of my life. Lasting fruit comes from lasting presence. Firstly, lasting presence in the house of God and keeping your presence around the people who God has put you around. It might look differently for each person. If you're moving, stay connected. Stay friends. It's been tough for me to do over the years, and I'll be really honest with you, it's difficult for me to stay connected to friends once they've moved out. I don't know why. Maybe I'm partially disappointed that you've left me. Come back. (laughs) But God has really prompted me to make a concerted effort to stay connected to people. We've said goodbye to Armand who used to play drums and and Vian and Shanae recently. And God's really prompted me and disciplined me on this to stay connected to people all over the world. We are a family. To stay connected to Matt. Where are you? He's around here somewhere. Stay connected and make the most of your present situation. Lastly, I wanted you to slow down. Slow down. We said Pastor George is taking a step back from leadership. All of a sudden, I felt like, we should do this. We should do that. I should do this. We planned this. And I felt God saying, oh, slow down. Jesus lived one of the most sort of unrushed lives. Jesus, this person's dying. Four days later, I'm here now. I've come to see how things are going. Aren't you rushed? Jesus is an emergency. Often it feels like we have to slow down. Have you ever listened to your GPS or whatever on your phone and you're listening to the radio? But the closer you get to the place you have to go to, like the restaurant, you're like, where is it? You turn the radio softer because, you know, you have to hear less to see more. (laughs) Does that make sense? Let me turn the radio softer because my eyes will work better. (laughs) It helps us to focus, right? That's why we do that. But we've got to turn down the noise. Slow down. Have you ever bought something because you needed to make a quick decision? We've done that, Cherise. I've done that. It's my fault, Cherise. I take responsibility. We have purchased a home too quickly before. God had given us a time to slow down, and I refused to listen. And you know what? God lets us feel the pain of financial loss. He doesn't come in and swoop in and go, here you go. Here's more money to waste. He goes, you've got to feel that loss, Vincent. The pain has purpose. But if you don't want to have to bump your head more than once, Slow down. If you feel like you can't even take the time to wait to decide, slow down even more. Slow down even more. Quick decisions often show that we want to move without thinking or praying or hearing advice from somebody who'd give us a contrary opinion. Seek counsel. Jeremiah 2.25 in the message, it's awesome. It says this, slow down, take a deep breath. What's your hurry? Why wear yourself out? Just what are you after anyway? But you say, I can't help it. I'm addicted to alien gods. I can't quit. It's a bit rough. But that's how we are, isn't it? I need the next thing. I need the next successful thing. I need to feel fulfilled in that thing. I need to have that possession to make me feel like I have attained success. It's idolatry. What's the hurry? 
Listen to Isaiah 64, verse 4. It says, Since ancient times no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen, or any God, any God besides you, who acts on behalf of those who slow down and wait. You want God to work for you? Wait for him. To wrap it all up, I wanted to prove these points in a teaching Jesus gave in John 15. It is the vine and the branches parable Jesus gives or um, metaphor Jesus gives. Verse 7, I'm going to do the verse first and then the, the word. Curtis, that okay? I'm going to swap them around. John 15 verse 7 says this, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. If you remain in the house of God, move everything in through the word, move in. The word is your key to moving in with God. Remain in him. Let his words remain in you. Before you make any big moves next year, before you make any decisions, make sure you have moved in through the word of God. Remain in him through his word in his house. Let his words abide in you. Then you will pray and get guidance and it will be done for you. So the word is our moving in. Verse 9 says this, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. To echo that you are an assignment and to make the most of your current situation. Your assignment is love. Further in John 15, Jesus says, love one another, full stop. Us remaining in the house of God means that we remain in his love and that we love one another. And lastly, it says in John 15, 11, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Slow down and you'll receive joy and be content in your current position and the current situation you're in. He says, remain in his house. Seek his presence. Make sure that you know what your assignment is. Make the most of every situation and joy will be yours evermore. So whether you're moving or staying, changing job or church, a believer's life have lots of significant things in it. We are not of those who enter the future without confidence. We have the word. We stay in his love and we will receive his joy. If you want a God confidence in every move, remain in him. Move in everything. Make sure of your assignment. Make the most of the present and slow down. Would you stand with me as we pray over this? Thank you so much for your patience. I've gone five minutes over time. But it's an important word I felt, you know, God saying for us for this year. So what am I saying? God is calling us into 2024 saying, move in with me this year, Vincent. Get on with what I assigned you and your joy will be complete. Heavenly Father, what a joy it is to live in your presence. I pray for those here today who feel like they haven't moved in, Lord, would you wash over them with your mercy and show that your front door is wide open. Would you beckon them in with your love that they might taste and see that you are good, that they would say, 
Oh, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I'll never want to leave your presence again, Lord. Would you show them that you are near, closer than a brother? Father, would you show to each person here the assignment you have given them at their work and in their family and in their church? Would you show them how to make the most of every situation in Jesus' name? And would you teach us to wait on you, to slow down, to breathe, and to recognize that we are in your home. There is nowhere where we can go where you will not find us. We go up to the heights, you are there. We make our bed in the depths of hell, you are there also. Nowhere is there a place. There's no place where your righteous right hand will not find us. For those who feel like they haven't been found today, Father, would you comfort them and show them that you are near? Reveal the power of your love to them. And Father, I pray that 2024 would be the year where our joy is made complete in you. That we would seek no joy in any earthly thing, but we would not be job chasers or house chasers, we would be God chasers. That we would chase after you, Father, with everything we've got to seek you above all things and be satisfied with nothing else but with you alone, Jesus. In your beautiful and powerful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today, Father's House. We'll have a church church service this evening, 10.30. Please join us. There's prayer up front if you need some prayer. And we'll see you in the coffee shop after. Cheers.